0: My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 239 of The Kate Show. Guys, running a virtual agency means that I rarely get to meet my clients in person, but today's podcast guest is both a client and a personal friend of mine. She's someone that I aspire to be when I grow up, despite my four-year-old reminding me that, mom, you're already a (laughs) grown-up. Bummer, right? Today's guest is the perfect example of how we're never actually done growing as professionals and also a great example of how much potential we have when we stop putting limitations on ourselves. Georgiana Schwant is my valued friend and client. She and I have been on multiple coffee dates discussing life and business and dreams for the future. Her granddaughter and my daughter performed in the same ballet recital last spring. And now that my family has settled into our new home in the land of pine trees, Georgie's incredibly successful window treatment business, Incredible Windows, is out fitting my whole house with hunter douglas window coverings i'm excited to do life and business alongside georgie and i'm often blown away by her poise and the elegant simplicity with which she runs her business if you've been looking for a way to grow your window treatment business consider her your muse i'll be asking her everything from how she became a hunter douglas dealer after retiring and how she grew her small and mighty team I'll also be asking her about the best tips for scaling to multi-six figures while working part-time hours. Yeah, she did that. You won't want to miss this episode. Incredible Windows was founded in 2006, and growing up as a Midwest seed corn farmer's daughter in central Illinois, Georgie learned the value of hard work, compassion, and dedication to her family, friends, and small farming community. After graduating from the University of Illinois, she moved to Wisconsin. She served as a high school educator for 28 years in four school districts in various roles. She also taught at Cardinal Stritch University for 10 years, working with teachers as they earned their master's in educational administration degree. As a former educator and small business owner, she continues to live by the values that she learned as a child. Georgie and her team have covered thousands of windows in the greater Madison, Wisconsin area, focusing on serving clients with kindness and respect. And as someone who's now her client, I can certainly attest to all of that. This episode is brought to you by Side Door. As a designer, you might feel like the only way to make more money in your business is to work more hours or hire more people or set up a retail store or just lose your mind. All of this at the expense of your family, your health, and your well-being. Side Door presents another option. Sell trade-only products, earn an average commission of 30% on each sale, and say goodbye to archaic affiliate marketing. You won't have to worry about the headache of inventory, shipping, returns, or customer support. You can curate a room just like you would for a real in-person client, put it in a collection that makes sense for people to look at and easily visualize what you're selling, and get paid side door does the rest you can sell each package over and over or you could even offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each client either way side door is a smarter way to scale your design firm to earn money with side door apply to join them go to onsidedoor.com and get started today this episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined automated client process to uplevel your business, look no further. Honeybook can automate your client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, and invoices. Go to honeybook.com and enter code socialite to receive 50% off your first year. All right, guys, let's get into my conversation with Georgie. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas, and I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. I have Georgiana Schwant with me. Georgiana, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today.
1: Well, thanks, Kate. I appreciate that, but you may call me Georgie.
0: It is a lot easier because Georgie I don't is small, but it is a mouthful <laughs> yeah. it really is <laughs> all right. So Georgie, I wanted to have you on the show because you inspire me so much. Oh, with thank you. everything that you have accomplished and everything you continue to accomplish, I mean, you still have goals and dreams for your business. You're definitely not one to just sit there and become stagnant with your business or really, any part of your life. And I would love it if you could give my listeners some context and just tell them what you've been doing with your life. I mean, you've had multiple careers. And now you're in window treatments, which right. is a big deviation from where you were. So how did all of this happen? What happened?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I had many decades. I could probably take a long time. (laughs) Each decade is probably a chapter. But after high school, I went to college to become a teacher, and that I I did that. I was a high school teacher for 28 years in different roles. I started long ago as a home economics teacher, which some of your viewers may know what that is, but others may not. Today, it's known as family and consumer ed. And so I did that for about eight years. And then I was a guidance counselor for about, I don't even know, 10 or 12 and then a high school principal. And uh, yeah, 28 years as a high school educator. And one day driving home from work, I was living 45 minutes away from where my school was. I thought, you know what? 28 years is a long time to be in high school. And I just decided to retire basically that fast <laughs> because I wanted to leave when I was still doing well and they weren't saying get her out of here and I wanted to leave on my terms and that their terms and i still felt like i had a lot of time to do something else not knowing what that something else was right right and throughout all this time you're
0: also raising your own children and living life and i i mean a lot of people would look at that and be like all right i'm gonna go retire now and just stay retired and just you know go travel and whatnot but you looked at it differently so how did you end up selling window treatments
1: well, when I retired, I actually said I was going to restructure, not really knowing what that restructuring would look like. So it took me about two years to figure that out. First of all, I took a little time off. <laughs> I was tired, quite frankly. Um, being a high school administrator in the Madison area was a, a big time commitment and um, emotional commitment. So it took a little time but i needed something to do i didn't have grandchildren at that time and so you know i tried some network marketing that didn't fit i just didn't really like that and quite frankly i've never sold anything in my life before i thought i had a real estate broker's license but i thought well i've done that i think i should do something else so then i went to school to become a real estate appraiser well i did all the coursework and I just decided that, you know what, there's a lot of math here, and I'm not a strong math person. (laughs) So I tried it, but it wasn't a fit. And then I went out for lunch one day with an old friend who was a teacher with me, who only taught a few years, and she said, hey, you want to do what I do, which was cell window treatment. She was working out at DeKalb, Illinois. I thought, well, that seems like a good idea. So I rode along with her for a couple of days and thought, yeah, I can do this. Not really knowing what I was getting myself into, but that's how I made the leap, and no regrets. And you chose to work solely with Hunter
0: Douglas, and was there any specific reason for that?
1: Well, yes, there was. Actually, I started selling other brands soon when I I got started, just because I thought, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the best is. But I peeled those other brands away pretty darn quickly because of... Lack of support at the home offices. Um, they were breaking the warranties weren't good, and I had good support with Hunter Douglas. And quite frankly, I was a shop at home, uh, so I didn't have a lot of help. I didn't have any help at that time, and so you know this was seventeen and a half years ago, and so I didn't have also the online resources that we have today. So I just simplified my business to make it work for me. Mm, I love the that shop at home. I have to carry samples with me. I didn't want a storefront. I didn't want a ton of employees. I had a big school, and I had a ton of employees. so I I was looking for something of a simple business model. Mm -hmm. And that's what
0: I've been working to create. Now, when you first started out, you said that it was hard because there wasn't a lot of support with some of the lines you were carrying. And then you narrowed it down to Hunter Douglas. Did that just make it automatically well, quote unquote, easy, or were there still challenges as far as like getting your business out there?
1: Oh yeah, there were a lot of challenges in getting my business out there. First of all, when you try to reinvent yourself, the community seems to have an image of you as as the way you were and not the way you were wanting to become. So, you know, in the community I lived, everybody knew me as an educator, not as a businesswoman. And so it took some time to just simply break into the business world and let people know I was legitimately starting a business. It wasn't a hobby. And that's what I told my head Douglas Raff. I'm not doing this as a hobby. I wanted to learn the product. I wanted to learn as much about business as I could. And so I just started doing that. And, uh, you know, sitting at home in a home office is different. <laughs> as you know, Kate, then being surrounded by support staff, so I had to had to find those resources in whatever way I could.
0: Yeah, you really had to, I would imagine, stretch in ways you've never had to stretch before. Right. Yeah. like, the mental capacity that requires is astronomical. I think most people don't know what they're getting into when they start a business. Oh, well, exactly. I,
1: <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing or the, uh, you know, diff- different things I needed to think about. And so, you know, I just... Started working my way through learning and uh, step by step, I've grown my business to where it is today.
0: And how long did it take from when you said, Okay, I'm going to start a window treatment business to when you were like, Wow, this is actually profitable? Like, how, how much
1: of a time span was that? Well, it was longer than I'd like to admit. It was probably about five years. Mm-hmm. So, but you have to once again go back to 2006. <laughs> so much has changed in the world in 2006 as far as the Internet and the web. And so in 2006, and I was living in a small town, not Madison, Wisconsin, you know, we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have, we had the Internet, but we didn't have Google and all those things that we do today. Um, So it was a lot of word of mouth. It was a lot of yellow pages. People may not even know what the yellow pages are, newspaper <laughs> ads. And, um, and it just didn't, this took a long time to start making some money. In fact, it was probably about year four and a half, I thought, oh, do I keep doing this? Because I wasn't making what I'd hoped to make. I didn't know what I hoped to make. I know I wasn't making it. <laughs> so, yeah. Year five, things started to grow and they've been growing ever since, thankfully. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's honestly incredible what you've built. And you've been in business for over 17 years, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. And so t- taking five years to really get established, I, I mean, it's good for people to hear that because there are a lot of people who start a business and they think within the next year they should be successful. And it's just not the case for most people.
1: No, it isn't. I mean, for some it probably is, but... Yeah, it just took a while to get, get the momentum going. And what also made a difference was I was using my home address for my business address. And I met a designer about year four and a half or so and said, hey, you ought to get a Madison address so when people search for you, you come up in the Madison area. Okay. That made a big difference. And I had been driving to Madison all those years anyway. So that was the start, I think, also getting a, a Madison business address. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I, I never go there. So, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those. I just go there to get my mail. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to work the system like that. And for everyone listening, Madison is you know a, it's a metropolis for us compared right. to all the small towns that are around. So yeah. what that means you know look to if you're living in a small town, if you're living in a rural area look at the next biggest city, get an address there. Clearly that it's not going to like fix everything, but it will help. As you said, Georgie, show up in the right places. That's right. That's right. Did you put any signage in Madison or literally just get the address?
1: I have no signage. Um, you know, I've tried other things, Kate. I did um, television advertising about five or six years ago and I think that helped, but man, that was pretty pricey. So I, I stopped that because once again the wheels were turning, and I was starting to grow without that. And I have no regrets in starting it, stopping it. I think I did that for about six months, but it probably helped get my name out there some. So, but I decided not to continue that expense. But no other signage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you really gave yourself the freedom to just explore. Right. Try the different things and then have the confidence to be like, I don't need this anymore. And that's another thing that I feel like my listeners could really take from you because you have this calm confidence about you. And maybe it's because you've had so much life experience and you just know that there's no sense getting emotional or riled up about things that aren't working as fast as you want them to. Or like putting all your eggs in one basket of like these TV ads that they have to work. Otherwise, I'm ruined. But you didn't approach it that way. It was just like, they might have worked a little, but I don't need them anymore. Like, that's that's the best mindset to have when it comes to
1: marketing. It is. And I've also learned that if something's not working, not to not to, not to keep doing it because it all costs money. It
0: does. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's it's not a bad thing to spend money in business if you have a reason for it. Like, if you right. have the concrete right. reason for doing right. it rather than just... You know, A lot of my other clients will be like, well, I used to throw money at Facebook ads, but I didn't really have a good call to action. I didn't have a way to track whether it was working. So I stopped it and I'm like, there you go. That was the best thing you could have done. But sometimes it takes running various ads to figure out that they're not going to work or at least not in the way that you needed them to. Like you have to give yourself that permission as you did, Georgie, of just try the thing. It doesn't have to work out. That's right. Now, can you give the listeners an idea of what your day to day looks like? because um you have built a simple, powerful business. It's definitely more of what I would call a
1: lifestyle business. So, what does your work week look like? Oh gosh, Kate, every week is a little bit different. So you know, I probably I don't even know how many hours a week I work in, and it is also dependent upon the week. So, you know, I often will start the day, of course, checking emails and see what else is happening throughout the day because I can check for what my installer needs to do. But, uh, you know, I try to still get into about five to seven homes a week. And I often try to put two or three appointments a day only because that gives me a couple of days at home and do whatever I need to do. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, today I... frankly, I have no other appointments other than yours, except my grandchildren are walking over after school, so but I plan around that. And uh, that happens every Wednesday and Thursday, but it's just part of my plan. And so with having only me in my business now, granted, I have support staff that are independent contractors. I have the ability to create my schedule the way I want it, and I do that. I often say I'm not available today, and they don't need to know I'm playing with my grandchildren. Or I'm having lunch with a friend. Oh, uh-huh. Or and I mean the other reality is I take probably eight weeks away throughout the course of a year. You know, we go to Arizona for two and a half or three weeks in January. We have a cottage in northern Wisconsin mm-hmm. to Florida last week last year, sort of a week. So but here's the thing, Kate. Even though I'm away and doing what I want to do, I don't neglect my business. If there's a call or if there's an email that needs to be answered. And guess what? If I tell somebody that I can't see them until next week, on rare occasions, people might say, what, you can't see me till next week? But almost everyone says, well, that's fine. and can we get together? So yeah. Yeah, it has not negatively impacted my business, in my opinion, to be that flexible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you run the business. The business doesn't run you. And... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, we all have our days where it's like, whoa, if someone sends me one more email, they're going that's with my fancy. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I like that you are very comfortable with the fact that you've set aside this time for your grandchildren. And I mean, you are a very involved grandma, like all the different events and games you go to and how often the grandkids are at your house. I mean, that's something to aspire to where you can have this really successful business, but not at the expense of your family. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So I feel very blessed.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is why I say you inspire me because like I I have little kids right now and I want to continue creating that same thing where I have the work time and it has my full focus. But then I have the family time and that has my full focus too. Right. Right. I mean, I do think that it's the ideal. I think that most of my listeners are like that because nobody really wants to be scattered in 10 places at once, never giving anything their full attention because then nothing does very well.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Now, you made reference to your team a few minutes ago. You said that you have independent contractors. Can you tell my listeners what their roles are and how they support you? Sure. Well,
1: first of all, Kate, you support me. I listen, I listen to your podcast faithfully, and I learn from you and your, the people that you interview or just from your comments each week. And then, of course, your newsletter. I take care, of it. use that. In fact, one went out this morning. I don't know if you saw it, but it did. Yeah, we handle your, your email marketing. My I know, yes, sure you're <laughs> My right hand, of course, is my installer, and he's wonderful. He's been with me for almost five years, and without him, I would I would be probably not in business because I need somebody who I can count on to get the job done when it comes to the installation, and he's that person. And then I have two other people who help me with various things. One of them is Juanita, she's a scheduler. She does all my installation scheduling and repair scheduling. There's Kari who helps me with whatever I need to have done. There's Kendall, my granddaughter, who's helping me with social media. And also, she rides along when she can, which is invaluable. Just um, carry in samples or measure or help with color. I mean, she's really good and she's a, a teenager, but she's doing really well. I have a bookkeeper who lives in Indianapolis. I've never met her personally, but I you know she's doing all my bookkeeping. Yeah, so I've just found the resources that I've needed in various ways. And when I've had somebody that doesn't work, work out, then I have to look absolutely new. And uh, that's happened over the years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: adapting, growing, and
0: that's right. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals. Which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever, or you're fresh out of design school, WCAA can help you take your business to the next level. Whether you're just trying to scale up, or you're just getting started. Go to wcaa.org for more details. How did you come across your current installer? Because I know that he is such a key part of your team, and he's going to be at my house tomorrow installing. Yes, well, he, is, he is. I
1: don't know if your viewers or listeners know that you and I are not too far apart. We're only, what, about 15 miles apart, so we've had the luxury of getting to know one another personally. Yeah. So um, how did I get to know Dawson, So Hunter Douglas has an installation services program. So they train their installers. And many metropolitan markets have at least one installer. Not all of them do, but Madison, fortunately has. So I was working with another gentleman who was great. And um, he was with me for about three years. And he was just getting overwhelmed with work. And his he needed to find a job with better benefits, quite frankly. So he took on Dawson as an assistant. Well, when Eric left, Dawson just stepped right in, and he's taken over and done a great job. Mm -hmm. It's helped to have Juanita taking care of scheduling so that he doesn't have to worry about all that at the end of the day, and she helps with some billing things, too. Yeah, so it was one of those things where he was the right person, and it just happened to work out. So yeah.
0: I like hearing how people find their core team members because mm-hmm. there are a lot of businesses who feel bottlenecked by not being able to find the right people. And especially right. when it comes to installers, like there is such oh a my need
1: gosh. for more installers. There's a great need for installers. In fact, I mean, he's earning a, a pretty good wage. Um, I have to say, though, I had two who were not so good. And I just had to say, hey, guys. We're not working together anymore. It wasn't an easy thing to do. This was early on. And I was worried about finding somebody, but they weren't good with customers. And so I didn't want them representing me in people's homes. Yeah, that is another thing to be aware of. They
0: have to have the, the people
1: factor. That's right. Be able to do.
0: Um, switching gears a little bit, I am very curious to know what other things you're doing to market your business. And I'm sure my listeners want to know that too, because like, you run a multi-six-figure business. You don't have to work part-time. You have all the time in the world for travel and grandkids and all the things that would be the epitome of the American dream, really. So how are you getting all these clients and ending up in so many homes every year?
1: So i have pretty, track this pretty closely, actually. So <laughs> in fact, this morning, in response to the newsletter I sent Kate, uh, one of my customers from about five years ago said, oh, we've decided to downsize and we're building a new home. I can't wait to have you back. Uh-huh. It <laughs> <laughs> And so, of course, I responded and said, I'm happy to return it at any time. Just let me know. So about a third of my sales are existing customers and I try to stay in touch with them in multiple ways throughout the course of the year. Um. So either they they are... Building a new home, they're doing an addition. In fact, I was in a home yesterday for two new, for two old customers. Both of them did additions and they needed window treatments. And so, because we'd had that relationship from three or four or five years ago, they called me. So, you yeah, know, about a third are repeat and about a third are referrals from my satisfied customers, which are ninety-nine out of a hundred customers are happy, I think, with our work. I'd actually put that at ninety-nine point nine. I <laughs> we only have happy customers. So they are been really good about referring us. And then a third are new and they find me online and through reviews on Google My Business and House.
0: Oh nice. Okay. So and I like how you mentioned Google My Business because that is something that's finally gaining more popularity. I feel like people ignored it for so long. But, being able to actually tell Google exactly what your business does and who it serves and geographic areas that you focus on, like it just makes so much sense. and you've found right. it to be working. So that's amazing.
1: absolutely, yeah, you know I tried tried things like Andy's list that nah, wasn't really bringing the customers that I was looking for for the most part. Um, you know I'm on Yelp, but that doesn't bring very many, if any. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's existing referrals and then the new business.
0: Yeah. And that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you next is what marketing tactics have you tried that have not worked? So you're saying Angie's List, like my guess, because I've heard this from plenty of other people in the home industry, Angie's List tends to bring in people who don't want to spend the type of money required to actually get the job done right. And are there any other marketing things you've tried that really have not panned out? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you've allowed yourself to experiment. That's a good thing. It's good for everyone to hear this. Yeah. So,
1: you know, there's a the local chambers. And I am a member of a couple of local chambers, but they have these guides, you know, like yearly guides of businesses. And I've bought a few ads in, in those over the years. I, actually, as recently as this year, um, I bought one ad, but it's not money well spent. I've decided I'm not doing that again. Once again, it's a paper ad, and I should have known better when I agreed to do it. But so many people aren't looking at paper ads anymore. So that's what I would... I'm not going to do that again. hmm Yeah.
0: I mean, to be fair, print advertising used to be really the only form of advertising. It used to be very effective. Exactly. And now with all the other media out there, plus there's no way to really track a print ad. You can't see how many people lingered on it. You can't see how many people even turned to that page. Right. And you've got competition from other people's
1: ads in there. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. so I want to back up though, too, you asked. Um about how I get into so many homes. One of the things that I take pride in is promptly responding to people who reach out to me either by phone or in an email form on my website, or say I have two websites, Holland Douglas website and I have, um, my own website. So whenever they reach out to me, I really try within two hours to get back to them with something, either, sorry, I can't talk right now, but I'll call you tonight or something, and you would be surprised how often I hear Kate that they reached out to three or four dealers and they didn't hear back from anybody but me. Hmm. Shocking. Yeah. Well, I don't know oh, why, why people don't. But they're too busy, or I, I don't know.
0: Well, it really I think comes down to it's a lack of a proper process. You know, these other dealers, they just they don't have the right people in place to answer emails, or they're not being wise with their time because. I mean, every business owner listening would be like, "Oh my word, a lead! Let me jump on that." And heaven forbid, any of us reach the day where we're like, eh, "Another lead? I'll get back to that later." You know? Yeah. We have to keep that hunger, which you definitely have, and right. it has paid off. And that's why I, I want to know how many times has Hunter Douglas sent you to Hawaii now? Like oh, you have, you have definitely uh, earned a lot of street credibility
1: with them. I've only been to Hawaii once with them, but I've been to places like Panama, Madrid, Prague, Munich. Uh, Next year will be Amsterdam. So, yeah, lots of beautiful places throughout the world I've been fortunate enough to visit because of my sales. That is amazing. Wow. Thanks. So people said to me, oh, you want a trip? No, I've earned a trip. (laughs) You earned a trip. Yes.
0: (laughs) You worked hard for that. That's right. And I keep referencing the number of homes you have you're normally in each year. Like, what is that number or the ballpark? Because
1: obviously it's going to change year over year. It's about 250, 250 homes.
0: That's insane. That is insane for one person. I mean, first of all, it's a lot of driving. But second of all,
1: and... I get to listen to your podcast when I'm driving, Kate.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. That's a great reason to get in the car and I drive somewhere. Just to listen to me <laughs> ramble on. But, But to be in that many homes every year and it's not like you only go to that home once i mean like you're doing window treatments for my entire new house and you came twice you might even come a third time you've mentioned so it's like that's a that's a lot but then also re- reminding my listeners like you are also choosing not to do this full time but look at what is possible you are earning all these trips you have a multi six figure business you've got your family as your top priority, like this is possible. And that's why I wanted you to be on the show today because people need to be reminded that this is a a real thing. It's not a pipe dream.
1: Well, it is possible, but it takes um, dedication and commitment. Oh, but here's the alternative. I don't like the alternative. And that's basically to do nothing. Yeah. So I have to admit that sadly, I have friends and relatives who have nothing to do after they've retired and I wanted to do something meaningful. Mm-hmm. Of course, I like meeting new people. I like getting into homes. And I like yeah. To, yeah, I like to have. I know that I can help somebody transform their home with window treatments. So that's what I like to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm able to experience it finally. I've been so excited <laughs> about getting custom window treatments. And well, I'm
1: grateful that I can help you.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that it worked out because even Sadie, my four-year-old. She's like, Mom, when are my new curtains coming? She's like, it's too bright in here. (laughs) Okay, got
1: it. The the right word is blinds, not curtains. (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm teasing you.
0: Well, she might have said blinds. I'm not sure. Sometimes we mix up blinds and shades to the point where I'm not sure if they might be be comfortable. But anyway, before I let you go, do you have any advice to someone who is just getting started in a window treatment business?
1: They're feeling discouraged. Oh. Is there anything that you would like to say to them? Well, I would say yes. First of all, it would be not just window treatments. It would be any business. Probably, Kate, just to you know, keep learning as much as you can because, I mean, I've learned something almost every day that I didn't know there's so many nuances of my business and any business that you can't stop learning. Utilize technology. I mean, I've tried my best to learn all the technology that I can possibly because it's certainly helpful. I would say when you make a mistake, admit that you make a mistake and not try to cover it up. So, I mean, I've seen that happen over the years. If I make a mistake, which I have, obviously, as we think, well, this year, you know, just acknowledge it and, and take care of it. Don't try to blame it on somebody else and say, follow the golden rule, uh, just simply because you want to treat people the way you want to be treated in business. And uh, don't try to do things that are not ethical um, So, But just basically keep learning, make changes when you see changes need to be made, whether it be in getting a new installer or changing your pricing structure or changing your your marketing. Yeah, but just keep putting one step in front of the other and slowly but surely you'll grow your business. It may not be as fast as you'd like, but give it the time you need. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I love that. You have so much wisdom because you know sometimes when I ask people that question, they go straight for oh, I'll do this marketing thing and that marketing thing. But you really look at the big picture of like you have to just keep doing the next right thing and right. allow your business the time it needs. And some people, including myself, have not always liked that answer of like I don't want to give it time. I want to work super hard now so it grows super duper fast. But we're not. We're not always the control freaks that we think we are. We can't force it. Sometimes it just has to take that
1: time and consistency. I guess I'd add two more things to it. Just ask for help when you need it. I mean, I I remember sitting in my home office in Portage. I now live in the Madison area. Fortunately, we moved. Um, oh, Oh my gosh, who do I call for help? And so you have to just keep Reaching out until you get the right answers or the answers or the help that you need. Nice. And the other thing I was afraid to do early on was spend money. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, you got to spend money to grow your business, and so it might need when you be when you get started that you need to reach out to a family member or a banker or somebody to for a loan to help you get started. Um, you know, I was in a position when I I didn't have to do that, but when I started spending more money on SEO or whatever it might be, my business started growing. Mm -hmm. So it does take money to start a business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't bootstrap everything. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of hiring the right people to do the things you don't know how to do or think that you could do, but they can do it faster.
1: And that's the other thing. That's why I hired a bookkeeper (laughs) for six years ago, because I switched to QuickBooks Online, it's like, oh, my gosh. It took me, I mean, I just struggled sitting there once again in my office trying to figure that out, and then someone said, hey, you ought to reach out to Sandy. She's great. It's like, oh, thank you, Lord, for that mm-hmm. Because because um, she just takes care of all that for me. Now I go into QuickBooks every day just to see what's going on, but she's managing it for me, and I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah. You Why? Know, she's
0: worth every penny I pay her every month. Yeah, I completely resonate with that because... I think my bookkeeper is the best 500 ish dollars I spend every month. I don't have to worry about it. I make That's exactly right. And then the CPA too. It's like, I don't want to be responsible for calculating my own taxes. Exactly. And, and I do speak with a lot of people in the home industry who are still doing their own books while trying to do the creative work while trying to do like the management of the team. And I'm like, woman, how do you do this? Like, I, I don't think our brains
1: are meant to work in that many directions at once, first of all. Well, one of the things I've learned over the years is I know what I do well, (laughs) I know what I don't do well, and I need help with the things I don't do well. Yep.
0: Yep. That's just accepting the reality of it so you can work in your zone of genius. Because what you do really well, well, one of the things that you do really well and that I've been able to experience firsthand now is... When you walked into my home and we started telling you, like, here are the issues, here's why we feel we need window treatments, we have no idea what we actually need, we have no idea what we want, we have no idea what colors to pick from, you were great at guiding us through the process so that in less than an hour, we knew which Hunter Douglas products were going where, we knew what fabric color we were using, and we were never overwhelmed at a single point in that whole interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that it takes finesse to be able to do that because you knew right away, I'm not going to show you guys these options. And I remember you telling me that, like, I'm not going to go this direction because I don't think that's a good fit for you. And I'm, and you didn't pull out like hundreds of different colors either for us to choose from. You you really honed it in so that my husband and I could just look at it and be like, oh, that one, of course, easy.
1: You know, and what I think people need to do is, when you have a second or third career, like I have had, you can pull on skills from your past careers. You know, I'm like I said, an old home economics teacher, so I've had the experience of color, and and I've had the experience with dismissing people, and so I've had, you know, I've had school budgets, and so you know, you have those experiences that you need to draw on, but you also just don't want to overwhelm someone, and you don't want to go in any sales. Situation, in my opinion, with a preconceived notion about what people should buy, and mm-hmm. I need to listen to them, whether it's window treatments or a car or whatever. Mm-hmm. You need to know what their needs are before you make re- recommendations. So, yeah, but, well, Hopefully, that's why I stick with one product line too, because <laughs> I can learn one product line. If I had like. Multiple product lines, First of all, I'd have to have a semi so truck to carry all the. <laughs> yeah, you would. oh my goodness! And your mobile showroom is already
0: <laughs> bursting to overflowing. <laughs> um. So yeah. Oh well, this has been fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom with my listeners and with me. And uh, I really value your friendship. I really value well, you as a client, and and being able to be your client now That's just great. Yeah, it is. So um, I will. Let you get back to all the things and to everyone else listening, I recommend that you go to Georgie's website, incrediblewindows.com. I recommend that you just see what she's up to because it's good to have people in the home industry that you know are worthy of emulation, are worthy of looking to her and being like, maybe I should take a note. You know, not that I'm suggesting anyone go copy you, but we yeah. need to have people who inspire us. Oh, thank you, Kate. Oh, you're very welcome. It, it is an honor to have you here. So, uh, to everyone listening, keep your marketing simple, keep your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at the Kate Show Podcast.com, where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.